So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my next uh, guest here on the Swim for Try podcast, uh, Mark Jenkins. Mark was an image, a sporting hero of mine, if you cast your mind back to the 2004 Athens Olympics. Mark, I wanted to start off first of all with this. I mean, and it worries me to ask you in case you're still having nightmares. Are we okay to talk about this first of all? How dare you know? It, it, it wasn't the finish you wanted, but, you know, what you did, you know, we've seen the Brownleys help each other over the finish line. We remember, for those of a certain age, we remember Derek Redmond in, in L.A. and those images, uh, you know, you, what you did was was bravo, bravo. And, and for those that, that weren't there or new to triathlon, you know, you can you can look this up. And so, Mark, you carried your bike for the last 2K after someone, they, 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 they ran you off the road, didn't they? Let's be fair. What happened? Well, no, it was an accident. Look, accidents <laughs> happen on the bike, don't they? You, people are in close contact. You, you, you're racing on the edge and, and your heart race to the roof and you lose a bit of concentration sometimes. So somebody rode into my back wheel and broke it. And uh, yeah, it wasn't the last 2K of the bike. It was kind of the middle section, really. So I had to run a few K with few... my bike on my shoulder and get to a wheel stop. And yeah, it, it was a choice between either finish the race or don't finish the race. But that was the fact right there and then on the road. So do I just spit my dummy, throw my bike away and just have a little cry to myself? Or do I kind of finish the Olympic Games? I thought I might may not make another one. I didn't know how, know how things would turn out. And, but I didn't make another one because of my health. But so, um, yeah, I just got around the race, mate. And, and, and to be honest, I would have rather have done it nice and quietly and just finished the race myself. But as it happened, there were cameras right next to me. And uh, <laughs> be known to me at that time, it made every national newspaper and, yeah, got a lot of press. I look, I kind of, I'm fine looking back on it. It's not the finish you want or the race you want, but I'm okay with what happened there. What I'm not okay with is that my health has been so bad and I kind of didn't have the career I wanted because of ill health, so to say. I've got bad blood. It doesn't really work. So, um, that's hard. Yeah, that, that's more of a bother to me than, than what happened on one day in a race where somebody accidentally crashed into me. Gosh. So, so you, how is your your health now? Because you you sort of retired back then, then you came back and tried middle distance for a little bit, but it, just the odds were against you. Well, I, did, I didn't do any middle distance. I did try to come back, but yeah. So I had a lot of vein damage um, from my PE and DVT, um, and I'm on like not medication now. So, so I've had multiple pulmonary embolisms and multiple DVTs, and and I had them through 2004 as well. I had a lot of health episodes leading up to that. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why I was getting sick all the time. I didn't know why I was having really bad bouts of training in between really good bouts of training. And I, and I didn't know why I was having such good races. Um, and then I was having such bad races. And then a few weeks ago, we just, we just, we just couldn't make heads nor tail, head nor tails of it until uh, March in 2005, where I had a massive DVT after coming back from racing in um, Mexico and Hawaii. Oh my goodness! That yeah, I, I mean, just to to make the start line of Athens, that that's amazing. And you know, you can look back and call yourself an Olympian. Um, you know, that that's that's fantastic. I would have, I mean, well, I tried and tried and tried as a as a younger swimmer. I mean, to the Olympics, the pinnacle. You were there. That, that it's it, it's amazing. Yeah. It was a real challenge given the circumstances I had. Um, I was getting DVTs and pulmonary embolisms every year, probably. Oh. But, but I know I was. Um, and then, yeah, 
trade through through that and ill health and I didn't know I was training through it. I was just doing what you thought was normal. So he's making Olympic games, having su- be, you know suffering pulmonary embolism on the way up to it. It's, it. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. And you know, becoming British champion and having great races at Europeans and Worlds when I could actually you know maybe get to the race without dying. That was a real plus. So so yeah, I, I kind of did well given the circumstances I had made the hand I was dealt. So to say. I mean, yeah, let's look, you know, looking back on your career, you, you had some amazing races. And to think, you know, if you flew overseas to, to join a start line somewhere, you've probably, you're not on a level playing field anyway, just from the, the effects of the flight, maybe. My goodness, that's incredible. Well, no, that, that's fact. Yeah. So, so, so the, me and, the, 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 the way the hematologists describe it is, is if you have a genetic condition, then, then that's a disadvantage in itself. I have two genetic conditions. And then with a genetic condition, if you then get on a long-haul flight and immobilize yourself for a long time, well, you're putting yourself in a bit of trouble there. And then if you had an endurance race into that mix where your blood, you, put yourself, you put your blood in an abnormal condition during the endurance race, you're having three things into a pot which aren't a recipe for success. <laughs> back to the recipe for disaster. So I was very lucky. I'm very lucky to be alive, mate. So, so you know. Oh my goodness! I mean, I, I remember watching. I went to I went to Sydney and watched the Olympics, which was amazing. And I have to say, those, those years were some good golden years of racing. I mean, just can you give us some highlights? Your best races, best locations, and and the tough competitors. Who did you enjoy racing against? Well, we had a great bunch of British guys at that time. Um, yeah, Tim John, Andrew Johns, Simon Lesson. Richard Allen, Paul Amy, I think the list just goes on. And it was strong, wasn't it? Racing those guys in, on home territories in Newcastle, the British Nationals. I came second behind Simon, and I, and I won British Nationals then in front of Tim, uh, Paul, AJ, Richard. Uh, I mean, we, we had some great athletes. Um, Euro- Europeans against Rana and having sprint finishes with, with him. That they wow. were some of my better days at World Cup in Portugal, having the sprint finish with Rana there. Um, yeah, so to race the best in the world and be able to compete against them, um, yeah, I, I'm proud of that. And, and, and you know, I, that's my regret is not being able to train consistently. That that's what I regret more than Athens is that if I had had good health, which I didn't, then what would my career have been like? And you know, but you play with the hand you dealt, like I say, and I'm okay with that. It's just yeah, I don't have good blood. That's so. tough. That's tough. How um, I mean, so it's you've you've been involved um, for when did you? Let me go back. Let did you come from a single sport background and migrate into try, or did was try the first thing that came to you? So so I I love sport, Dan, and I think I always wanted to be an athlete. Always wanted to be an Olympian. And as a kid, I swam a lot and I ran a lot, but I just had fun. Um, I did a lot of surf lifesaving, and that was predominantly what kept me involved in sport from 10 to 16, because I loved the beach, I loved surfing, and surf lifesaving is, is a sport in itself, as well as a charity and all the other good things that come around surf lifesaving. It's a great camaraderie and family environment there. So at 16, then, I thought, well, I want to do triathlon, and, and um, I started to ride my bike a little bit. So so it was more surf lifesaving and, and being outside that, that, that was my, my background. Amazing, amazing. And so, you know, what with your wife, Helen, you've been coaching in an official, unofficial capacity. So you've been involved in the sport for many, many years. I mean, many, how, many, do you, many years 
so before we move on to your, your new coaching venture, I mean, let's just talk about triathlon in general. And, and a question I, I wanted to put to you was, you know, how do you see the, you know, one, how has the sport evolved? And two, you know, the future of the sport, because it's getting a little bit splintered now with so many different sort of categories, so many long distance, Attilo, um, you know, ad, adventure swimming is becoming sort of a, a thing in its own right. Um you know, how do you feel about triathlon now, given your involvement for so many years? How do you, where do you see it going? So, um, I, I think the sport's almost cyclical, isn't it? If you've been around long enough, like you say, I, I have, as have you, we've seen a lot <laughs> of things happen, and the standard of the sport just goes in cycles. You, you have periods where the swim is really fast, and the run maybe isn't, and periods where the bike is really strong, and the other things maybe not, and it, and it just changes with the athletes who are at the top of that time. Um, and similarly, back, back in um, early 2000s, late 90s, there were numerous different um, organizations and people putting on events, and similar people are putting on events now, and, and there are some different events, but I think what we've seen over the past 10 years, probably more than anything else, is a, a boom and explosion in endurance sport, and, and people wanting to be healthy, people wanting to be fit, and using their, 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 their leisure time to get fit and healthy. Uh, and, and that's focused on a goal, and that goal is endurance sport. So, so yes, it's changed. I think some of these series series will probably do very well, and some of them will probably fall by the wayside. And, and this endurance swim running, I think um, the interest in challenge and engaging events, that's what people want. Um, I think my focus is still triathlon. I love it, and uh, I, I, I love the competitiveness that comes with it. And um, Yeah, but, but there's so much option out there, and... And that option is because there's so many people doing the sport. Amazing, amazing. I think I, I first bumped into you um, on a Robin Brew tri camp many years ago. Um, you were there as one of the helpers, and I was sort of very new to the sport in the late 90s. I mean, is that still a fun place to head back to for training? Do you, do you still involved with Club La Santa? Um, we, Helen and I love Club La Santa. Um, we haven't been there for a long time now, though. Um, I, I just think with, with the family, it's kind of good just to be around there. But with my kids being so young, it's quite nice to have other things maybe to go off to. But um, I love the resort. I think it's beautiful. And, yeah, and Robin, Robin Bruce camp, they were fantastic camps. <laughs> the, the late Archie Brew, what a wonderful swim coach he was. And, 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 and Robin, equally, what a superb swim coach. I've learned some of, some of the you know, things that have helped me through my career through Archie and Robin. They're great to be around and positive, happy and... Yeah, it's just great. But I think that's sport, Dan, isn't it? Yeah. There, there's not too many. I mean, there are. There are idiots doing everything. But I think our sport, we're very lucky. Most people are very nice people, very happy. And, and we all like doing what we're doing. And we're all just trying to have a good time. And Robin certainly is um, a happy man. So... I, I enjoyed my time and, and you know, uh, he was literally the first in the original and I will absolutely bow down and say, you know, I, I enjoyed my time on Robin's camps and have learned an awful lot and sort of almost thank him for, for, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, you can become a swim coach within the world of triathlon. I mean, you know, without doing what, what he did, I probably wouldn't have changed careers in, in my early 30s for sure. So. You know, Club La Santa and Robin, um, I hope you're listening, Robin. Well, I'll, I'll send this to you. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, but let, let's, let's go back then. So for your sporting background, you're now moving into coaching. What advice would you give to runners trying try now? Let's, if, you, if we talk about single sport people, you know, what are, the, what are the things runners need to sort of really work on? Well, from an elite perspective, Dan, or, or, or just, I just think, getting into it as an age group athlete? I think, I think getting into it as an age group athlete. 
not really picked up the, the skills to swim in. I, I think the swimming is, is perfect practice. If, if you can get that swim stroke dialed in early, so you're not starting swimming, picking up bad habits, and then then reinforcing those bad habits. I like to say to people that I start coaching, let's get that swim technique as good as we can, and then let's do the training after it. Because if, if it's just if you're practicing that bad habit, time after time after time to break it down, then it becomes more difficult. So if a runner's thinking to get back into the sport, my suggestion is always look at that front end, get in that race, but get what gets you in the race is a good swim um, and the less time you spend in the water the better the more time you can be cycling down the road you're a few k down the road rather than being in the water for an extra 10 minutes so so it kind of leads towards your expertise there Dan I'll be happy with that <laughs> I, I, I think you know I mean I've been on training camps and people have said you know but why do we need to worry about the swim it's such a small portion of the day and well, you know, if you swim beyond, you know, two hours, 15 or whatever the latest cutoffs might be in an Ironman, it's a big proportion of the day. So, I mean, you know, I can, under, I can under, you know, swimming is not the sexy one. We all love a fast, expensive bike and, you know, a lot of, there's not, I, I, get, I don't know, maybe it's changed a little bit. I'm, I'm finding more of my master swimmers people are, are moving in to try for new challenges. But for the longest time, you didn't get many natural swimmers try. I think biomechanically, the you know, heavily mobile ankles meant running was hard. I mean, we used to, you know, we'd have a good engine for the bike and, you know, but the run was very hard, but I think it's changing a little bit now. Um, but, but I think, I think swim technique is, is to, and you know what else is important? It's not just the speed, is it? It's not just getting out of the water without being exhausted, but it's, it's the safety, you know, if I'm, if I'm running a marathon and I get tired, I can just kind of sit in a curb and, and, you know, crying to my you know and if I'm not having a good day but but you know if you're out in the middle of the sea in Ironman South Africa or somewhere or you know or or if you're repeating bad technique there's a good chance you're going to get injured so I think swim technique you know as, as much as it pays my pension obviously I, of course I'm going to endorse it I mean, you know, without, uh, I mean, I go, I'm going to throw some numbers out and it, it's not strictly applicable to everyone. I know there'll be, but really two minute pace, two minute pace for a hundred meters. You know, if every, if people are fit and healthy and, and able-bodied, I think I could teach most people to be able to repeat. And that's an hour and 20 minute, you know, more or less, if you're swimming relatively straight, I think two minutes should be a sustainable aim. I mean, 
you know, that, that, is, that is a 30 second, 25 meter, I think with better technique, you don't even have to be that fast because, you know, there's an uplift to water that will support you. The wetsuit, if it's a wetsuit, will do an awful lot. Two minute pace, you know, if, if, if you want to make some good, you know, here, here's, okay, here's my offer, you know, two hour swimmer with some better technique, you know, you don't have to go to the pool for hours and hours, but I think everyone should be aiming to be under an hour and 20 for Ironman. I don't know what you think about that. I, I, I think two hours, when you put it in that, that context, you can take a lot of time off that just by getting your technique half decent, especially if you've got a wetsuit on. And, and yeah, it's no half decent, just improve it a little bit. Maybe just a bit of timing, maybe put your head in the right position, your yeah. body in the right position. You probably wouldn't need to do anything else other than get your body position sorted. I think it'd probably be an hour and a half just there. But yes, I agree, Dan. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, um, how does the relationship between you and Helen work? I mean, you know, as you're, you're, you are, sorry, I'm being present, you are husband and wife now, yeah? Yeah. So, so, you know, there's challenge. I mean, I know how my relationship with my wife works in terms of, you know, just general family life and home and work. I mean, you know, you coach Helen yes. fully. Uh, so, so, yeah, we started coaching in 2003, late 2003, and that was due to necessity rather than choice. Helen was injured. Um, she was being removed from funding on UK sport, and uh, it was kind of a, a scenario we don't think you'll ever be a great athlete or good athlete or even make an Olympic Games. That was what was given to her, delivered to her. And, and we just had a choice at that point. Well, if we're going to be successful, we're going to do it on our own. And that way, if we fail, we have nobody else to blame. That, that was the, the premise for why we started doing it the way we did. There's the failure, really. really. If, if we fail, then there's nobody to blame. But if we're successful, then great. We done it on our own. And um, within six months, she was world champion. So that worked out very well. That's amazing. That's really good. And and now you have children. That must make life very complicated. It's a challenge, Dan, as you know. But it's a good challenge, mate. And uh, we, we, we didn't know if we could have kids like everybody until you try. You don't know what's going to happen. And Helen is a great mum and um, she loves it. And, and what she does around being a mum, the amount of trend she puts in and how committed and dedicated she is, is it is incredible. I mean, it amazes me. I mean, through this COVID period, she was getting up at four in the morning to do a long ride on, on, on the bike, on the turbo, just so she could spend the day with the kids. Wow. That's so remarkable. That's how she managed her career down with the injuries and the spondylolisthesis and scoliosis she's had. She's better than anybody at that small stuff. What, what she doesn't have, she doesn't have the frame. She doesn't have um, the, the back that allows her to perform. She's always managing it. So, well, her heart and lungs are the best in the world. And if she can train for six weeks, she's the best in the world. She's proved it. But she really gets the opportunity to train for six weeks and injured. It's just been that bad. So hopefully with this um, this current 18 months of surgery that she's recovering from now, hopefully that'll be a positive thing for her. And uh, we're very lucky. We've got some very good supportive partners. Dino, I don't know if you know Dean particularly well, but he, he, he's the... Dean, Dean knows who, for those and who that's don't who, know. Yeah. And, and he's not a businessman from my perspective. He's, he's our friend. He's treated Helen like you wouldn't believe a sponsor and a partner would treat a person. He's, he's the best. That's yeah, lovely. You know, people like that. You know, you need, you know, sport is a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? There, you know, there's no steady, it's, it's peaks, it ebbs and flows, it comes and goes, injuries. But you need some reliability, don't you? You need some stability when it comes to sponsorship and things like that. And that's lovely to hear. Who, who, who else helps you? Oh, so, so, well, well, Dino's helped her 
so he's been great and uh, Vita's um, superb new bike brand and they're brilliant and I don't know if you know their logo it looks a little bit like the Star Trek logo so that's kind of cool um, <laughs> Cliff Bar being fantastic so all, all the sponsorships with stages on running um, all the, the sponsorships with at the moment they've all been very very supportive fantastic in this COVID period and we work with Ryan Bowd I don't know if you know Ryan he used to work with IMG, and he's been incredible for us. He, he provides content, does such a good job in in marketing with the sponsors we have, and the content, and the feedback. And um, he's all over it. He loves the sport too. Ryan's very passionate about what he does, and um, yeah, big fan of his. That's brilliant because you need that now. I mean, you know, for for a, 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 an athlete that's again, I don't want to sound disparaging to anyone, but you know, for an athlete that's single, traveling around the circuit, you know their social media is a full-time gig to keep up appearances and keep sponsors happy but you know if you've got children that that suddenly that changes doesn't it you're busy <laughs> for, yeah for and, and you're right that social media it's a new world now Helen used, to, Helen used to get partners because of her performance now you get them because of how many bloody followers you have on social media it's insane i don't know what social media is i, I don't use the thing but i, I have to start unfortunately dad so i've got to Well, I'm I'm going to give you a, a little head start. I'm going to share this amongst all of those, and uh, definitely. But 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 let's move on to this new concept now. So you've been coaching Helen, so you literally have you know a world champion at home. So that's a pretty good pretty good start for your coaching career. Although I, when I say you're launching this, it's just it's a new model, is it? You know, you've been coaching for years, but now you're taking on. Uh, could you tell us what sort of caliber athletes, what distances you're looking at? Let, let me hear a little bit about Jinx Sport. Yeah, so excuse the noise, Dan and Cam, that Mally coming home. So, um, yeah, so, so we've been coaching for a while and have the various different athletes with, with various different outfits. And um, uh, we, we, we want to give a good service, essentially. Like, I'm not prepared to the, the, the copy paste coaching. I don't want to do that. If we're going to coach people, we want to have a good relationship with them. We want to build up a bit of camaraderie. I don't want to be proud of their achievements like I'm proud of Helen's. And uh, yes, yeah, so, so we just we just want to build up. We we work with um, a number of different athletes over the years through, through various different coaching outlets. And and Helen and I, and we're, we're very proud of what each other's done. And, and if if we're going to get into the coaching environment, we want to be proud of what our athletes do. So to be proud of them, we want to build up good relationships and, and do a good service. And um, we're not prepared to get into the copy and paste coaching. We, we want to know what our athletes do. And weekly, we want to build a program that suits them. Uh, surely, that sure you, you'll replicate some sessions that everybody's going to do on a, on a weekly basis. But I want to know what everybody's doing every week. And I want to fit their programming around them. So um, so we want it to be a one-to-one approach. And uh, there's, a, there's a few of us in it. There's myself, Helen, and um, Reese Jones, who I've trained with Reese all my career. He was a phenomenal athlete. Reese is one of the athletes who put me away and trained every session. But come to a race, I'd be thinking he's, he's down the road in front of me because he's that good. And um, yeah, he, he couldn't race as well as he could train. I know he, he won't mind me saying that. But um, he, he's our physiologist and he's helped us a lot with the numbers over the past five, six years. And um, or four, four or five years, I should say, actually. He's, he's been our physiologist for a while now. And uh, I, I always run stuff by him and he runs stuff by me. We've got a really good relationship. So we were happy to get into it with him. He, he loves the sport. That's... And, uh, he wants to see people do well as well. So, so in, in essence, that's it, mate. And I'm really happy with how um, 
things have turned out with the branding and the website and the logo. It looks great and uh, kind of excited to see where it all goes. And, uh, I mean, that's yeah. a brilliant, a brilliant lineup you've got. The experience there is remarkable. Um, I mean, will it, will, it be, will, it be, will it be for local athletes? Can you talk to people from across the country? Is it remote? How, how's it going to work? Um, we'll talk to people across the world. Uh, brilliant. It's easy to communicate these days. That, <laughs> And, and training camps? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'd like to do training camps. And, and, and I think if we have enough clients and, and, and if they're paying us to support them and get them to their goals, actually, I actually don't want to be taking money off them for training camps as well. Um, I mean, it's almost biting the hand that feeds you a little bit there. So, so I think we'd like to give at least one training camp away a year to our clients. That, that, that's the plan anyway. We, you know, everybody's going to pay. We're not going to obviously pay for them to go there. But, but the coaching <laughs> while they're there, you, well, they'll just go on a camp with us. We'll just have fun, and uh, we'll hopefully all progress, and hopefully everybody learn. And uh, yeah, so, so I think if, if people are clients of ours, we do a training camp somewhere, which Hal and I will do. Then people are welcome to come. Mark, it's been an amazing half hour or so listening about your career, um, your plans for the future. I wish you the very best of luck, and um, I will circulate this by definitely because uh, you know the two. I met Helen a long time ago through a speedo thing. We uh, we went to Lanzarote, and I just met this lovely lady, very humble. I you know I'd been following triathlon. Um, but, you know, I, I, I didn't really know all the big elites and I just thought like, oh, gosh, you know, here's someone else. But was so down to earth. And, and I think you're just a very special couple. And, and you know, you've had your you've had your tough luck with the injuries and so on, but you just keep bouncing back. And I think you've got, you know, in a short period of time, you've probably collected so much information that it's just going to be wonderful for your athletes. So I wish you the best of luck with your new coaching venture. And um, yeah, I appreciate your time. Lovely talking to you, Dan. Thank you very much. Pleasure.